Hello, my name is Jillian. My name is Yolanda, and welcome to The Pemberley Podcast. Greetings, Pemberley Podcast peeps. This week, we have a very special treat for you. We interviewed the sensational Jenny Powell. Jenny produced the Lizzie Bennett Diaries and has deep roots in the digital world. And it was such a treat speaking with her about her experience on the show, as well as her involvement in the many online fan communities. We also love to give a special shout out to our newest patron on Patreon, Julia Erdland. Thank you so much for your contribution, Julia. Remember, if you'd like to make a contribution to Patreon, Patreon and support the podcast, just go to patreon.com slash the Pemberley. Without further ado, here's our interview with Jenny Powell. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special edition of the Pemberley podcast, where we have a w- Emmy Award winning producer of the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. Welcome to Sanditon. Emma approved the new adventures of Peter and Wendy. Uh, she's a producer on Geek and Sendry. Everyone, welcome. Jenny Powell! Hello! Oh, thank you, studio audience. Yeah. Of two. Studio audience of two. Awesome. So why don't uh, you tell us a little bit about how you got started out here in L.A.? Did you come out here ah. thinking you were going to be a digital producer? <laughs> no. I, it's funny, my background is actually, I have a degree in psychology. Wow. I never went to film school. Okay. I did drama in high school. Okay. Uh, I thought I wanted to act. And then I got to college, and my parents are musicians, uh, but my mom is also a financial analyst. (laughs) So they're very like, be an artist, but have a fallback plan. And my mom was like, you have to take general ed, so like, why don't you take a semester just to take some general ed and figure some stuff out? I mean, if you want to act, that's totally cool. I'm not against it. But I took a psychology class, and I fell in love with it, and I went, that's what I want to do with my life. So I have a degree in psychology. I started a master's degree in psychology, and then I was partway through my master's program where I kind of woke up, and I was like, wait a minute. There was this whole artistic thing I wanted to try. Like, I wanted to try that whole thing, and... I'd been in San Diego my entire life. That's where I oh, grew up, cool. where I was born, where I went to school. Yeah. Went to the same college my parents went to. That's actually where they met. Aww. So it was like, literally, I was like, wait, I've been in the same place. And not that San Diego isn't glorious yeah, and wonderful. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> and, yeah, but I was like, oh, there was this whole, like, L.A. thing I wanted to try. So yeah. I quit school. Mix. <laughs> yeah, I quit school and I drove up to L.A., which for me was like two hours. Right. <laughs> it's not like no. I lived in a small town in Mississippi. Yeah. And, no, no, but um, but still, like, it was a big change for me. No, sure. From yeah, a pretty mellow city to... LA. Yeah. <laughs> and I did try acting for a while. I did a lot of student films and I found that I was doing crew work more than I was. Cause on sure. student films, they'll actually let you do other things cause yeah. they just need bodies <laughs> yeah. to help. Yep. And I was also doing a lot of extra work and in extra work, it's the total opposite. They're like, sit there for hours <laughs> and then we'll pull you in set and you do like, a couple hours yeah. of stuff. You're like, touch nothing. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I was just like, this isn't fun. Um, this wasn't really what I thought this would be. I love huh. doing theater because theater was like, go, go, go. Yeah. But then I ended up doing a lot of crew work. And basically, I ended up being a person who was like, oh, like something would happen. I was like, okay, well, what about this? What if you tried this instead? And they're like, that's a great solution. And they were like, you're really good at that. I was like, okay, well, what am I doing? What does this mean? And they're like, like, oh, you're a producer. 
I was oh. like, great, then that's what I am, and that's what I'm going to do. Awesome. Then I got into reality television <laughs> because it was one of the one of the places that would hire someone with no film experience. Okay. Um, and I did that for a couple years. I worked on Deadliest Catch. I worked on a couple other. I love watching TV. I hate uh, reality TV. I love watching it. I hate making it. Okay. So <laughs> soul-sucking. And I think it was the particular shows I was on. Yeah. I was a night producer on oh, Deadliest man. Catch. Were you so, on the boat? No. Oh, okay. I was not an in the field. And I think that was part of the problem. I was not in the field. Oh, okay. I was what's called a supervising producer. I okay. sat at the office and waited for the oh. tapes to come in. And then I made copies of the tapes and took them to the editors and the loggers. And then I said, make the show. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was not creative at all. No. Oh, it no. was terrible. And being a night editor on Deadliest Catch, yeah. we were digitizing the footage that the day editors didn't care about. So it was like hours and hours of shots of the ocean. Just hoping they'd catch like a shark jumping out of the waves or I don't know. I was just like, so I was just sitting there and when you digitize footage, it's done in real time. So Mm -hmm. literally just ocean is playing for hours. And it's like, I wouldn't start till 10 p.m. So I'm just like, it's the middle of the night. It's 3 a.m. I was actually working on the guild at the same time. So I was writing the subtitles for the DVD for season two of The Guild while footage of of Ocean was... Like, it was bizarre. I felt like I was going insane. I was like, what is happening? I would have fallen asleep. Like, the ocean... Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. And it was like me, one logger, and one editor. And we were like the only humans we saw. And like at 3 a.m. we would take our dinner break. And there was like one 24-hour place that was open. And I was just like... What am I doing? <laughs> but luckily enough, uh, not too far after that, Felicia Day was like, do you just want to work for me full time? I was like, yes, please, <laughs> That's awesome. please. So there was a little overlap where I had started diving into digital mm-hmm. during that time. Yeah. And I actually, the first, this was prior to Deadly's Catch. I actually went back to reality to Deadly's Catch because as a night producer, they pay you a lot of money okay. to just sit there. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. But before that, I was working on a show about a woman who thought she could talk to dead people. It was so... That there's a lot of those shows. <laughs> I know. I was just Which like, one? oh, what is happening right now? Well, what um, can you tell us about your experience on the Guild? Like how you got involved and started working for Felicia full time? Yeah, I was... this actually segues into that because I was working on this other show and um, at the time I was a big fan of Lonely Girl 15 Mm -hmm. and was making my own like videos and it caught the attention of the producers of the show. They were like, wow, you actually know what you're doing. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm fully self-taught though. I don't have a degree. Um, And they were like, hey, we want to hire you as our first like full-time hire on Lonely Girl, but we only have, we basically are going to call you a PA and pay you PA rates. And I was like, fine, I'll take it. But I just didn't want to do reality anymore. Okay. And my parents thought I was crazy. They're like, what are you doing? You had a really good job with benefits. And I was like, well, I'm going to do this web series thing. And they're like, what's a web series? I was like, oh, no. They don't understand. Um, I mean, yeah, it wasn't a thing, really. No, it really wasn't. I mean, the only web series at that time was was Lonely Girl 15. But I was like, this is amazing. This is... Yeah. At that point, was it already kind of discovered that it was scripted? I originally discovered it when it was not revealed as scripted, okay. but I knew it was. And people ask me this all the time, like, how did you know? I was like, I don't know. You just I went- just did. Uh, there was something about it that I was like, someone's writing this and it's brilliant and I must find out who's doing it. And okay. that's when I started reaching and I found the fan community. 
okay. online. Yeah. Oddly enough, that's where I went met Hank and John Green. Oh, Because awesome. they were original fans of Lonely Girl. Sure. They were inspired by Lonely Girl. And this was around the time they were discussing doing Brotherhood 2.0. Okay. Because wow. they were like, wow, we love this vlogging thing. Like, should we do something? And I was like, that'd be, you should. It wasn't just me. It wasn't like I was having a one-on-one conversation. <laughs> what should we do, Jenny? You what were the inspiration. It was me. No, it was Lonely Girl. <laughs> and John and Hank and I weren't, like, close then. We were just, like, people in a chat room together. Like, it yeah. wasn't, like, a big deal. Little did I know, years later, it would change <laughs> the course of my life. But, yeah, so they hired me to be a PA, which I was more, I, I was casting, I was location scouting, I was, it was everything. It was probably the hardest production experience I've ever had. It wow. was totally worth it. Yeah. I learned so much, and that was when I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I actually left L.A. after Lonely Girl. Really? <laughs> because it was such a stressful experience. Did you go back to San Diego? No, I moved to Kentucky. Because that's what a girl does when she's in love with a <laughs> boy she met through the Lonely Girl 15 fan community. No way. I know. I did the whole, like, fan, like, fan romance, fan. Yeah. I was such a nerd girl. And I was just like, yeah, this is a good idea. I'm going to move to Kentucky and be with this boy and live happily ever after for three months. Oh, no. When he kicked me out. No. He kicked me out. I was like, what is happening right now? That's a story for another day. That's great. But I was literally driving from Kentucky to San Diego because I actually... At that point, was not planning to come back to L.A. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, okay. let me just get home to yeah. my parents and, like, figure out what the heck just happened. My life just got blown up. Yeah. And I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma with another friend I met through Lonely Girl. I literally had couches all over the United States awesome. of, like, Lonely Great. Girl fans who I would go visit and hang out with. And uh, her name is Suze. I called her my Oklahoma mama because she's actually older than my mom, but okay. my really good friend. And she yeah. always would, like... I had my own room in her house because her parent, her kids are grown and moved out. Okay. So she's like, I'll, pre- I'll prep your room. I'll see you when you get here. Oh, Here's wow. the liquor cabinet. Uh, <laughs> stay stay as long as you want. Yeah. Oh, and also let's watch the show The Guild. And I was like, oh, because I'd heard of it. I knew what it was. Okay. But I, I was at the time. I'm a huge gamer now. I was not at the time because uh, I didn't grow up playing video games. I, we couldn't have them in the house. I had parents who were like. No, go write music. Don't play video games. It's going to suck out your brain. I was like, whatever. She was like, no, no, it's really funny. And like, you'll you'll get it even if you're not a gamer. Like, okay. it's for everybody. And I was like, oh, okay. I get of course, I'm devastated. I'm like, fine. Chug, it, chug a glass of wine. Let's watch The Guild. She's like, we'll just watch one episode. If you don't like it, I'll turn it off. And I was like, okay, fine. Uh, we watched the entire season. This was, season one was already done at this okay. point. Okay. Watched all season one, all the extras. Suze was one of the donors that funded the first season, and so she had all the, like, extra stuff. And so I was like, this is amazing. Like, I had no idea. Why didn't I watch this sooner? This is ridiculous. It's so good. Is she doing another season? And she's like, well, actually, she just posted on Twitter. I didn't have a Twitter account at this time. Uh, She was like, she just posted on Twitter that they need volunteers to help with season two. And I was like, well, I'm not doing anything right now. So I went online and I found the fan community online and I was hanging out in the chat room because mm-hmm. I was like, well, if I want to get into the show, I should, I'm I know enough about that. digital at this point that it's all about the community. Yeah. So I was like, hey guys, new fan, love it. And Felicia Day came into the chat room oh, wow. and she was in the process of writing season two. And she's like, yeah, I'm taking a break from writing. Thought I'd come hang out with you guys. And I was like, this girl's awesome. She's hanging out with her community. Yeah. This is great. I love this. Uh-huh. And I DM'd her. 
And I was like, just super short version of what's going on in my life right now. I <laughs> uh, don't want to bore you, but I'm looking for work. And I will work for free. I worked on Lonely Girl, so I have experience. She's like, you probably have more experience than 90% of everyone in the wow. world. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> oddly enough. And she's like, great. Uh, can you be here this weekend? And I was like, how long is it going to take me to get from Oklahoma to LA? Yep, I'll be there. <laughs> so I booked it back to LA. They basically made me craft services. So I was like, this is going to be the best craft services I've ever seen. And I did a really good job. And I remember meeting Sean Becker because he walked up to me. I was wearing a UCB hoodie, which oh, is Upright Citizens yeah. Brigade. Because yeah. another... Back in the day, I took improv classes and oh, sketch awesome. writing classes. Yeah. And I actually ran their lights and sound for a while. Cool. Okay. Literally, I got into it, into that job because I was the only person that knew how to. I was okay. like, yeah, I did this all in college and high school. Oh, I awesome. Yeah. Know how. And they're like, oh, great, because our tech is leaving for eight months. So can you take this over? And we'll pay you. And I was like, score! <laughs> great. Paying is great. Because yeah. originally they were just going to have me be an intern. Oh, okay. but they were they like, do that, yeah. I know, but... Well, it's, you get classes for free. Yes. Yeah, and I this just is, class I know. There. This is the coolest thing about what ended up happening because they're like, wow, you actually, because I, I, I changed a light, basically. And they're like, what are you doing? How did you do that? I know. They're like, what are you doing? And I was like, the light went out, so I climbed up on a ladder and I changed it. They're like, you know how to do that? And I was like, have the interns not been changing light? And I ended up going up there. There was like 16 lights out. I was like, no wonder you can't freaking see anything in here. And so I replaced all the lights and they're like, great. You know what you're doing. We're going to hire you and pay you, and you can still take free classes. And I was Yay! like, awesome. Yes. That's glory. That's the LA dream. <laughs> Basically. Free I was like, I'm improv. living it. I'm living the dream. No one gets uh, paid to do improv. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> I am one of the only people getting paid to do this. This is amazing. And I also got to do special shows because they had oh. employee shows where mm-hmm. automatically they're like, you're in. And I was like, great. This That's is awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I was acting with like the big, the day that Matt Besser gave me a compliment. I was like, I've done it! Oh, I've, this is awesome. the ultimate. Oh my god. Because uh-huh. he's not known as super friendly, but sure. he's just... He know. hangs around there a lot, I know. Well, I, just, he, I took a sketch class, and I just finished my Improv 101 class there. Where they're like every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, you're yeah. taking them right now? I or just finished just it up. Who did you have for 101? For 101, I had... Um, Tony Charlene. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been there in a while, but that sounds right. Yeah. It's funny, a lot of the people I took classes with are now teachers yeah, there. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is it. weird. I took 101 with you, and now you're teaching. Yeah. Um, and then we see shows at the Inner Sanctum there. Oh, yeah. yeah. This yeah, was yeah. before that even existed. Wow. I, I mean, Sunset was in the New Sunset York. was... Yeah. So it was just yeah, the Franklin was on, Theater? It was just the Franklin oh Theater. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was just the tiny little Frank... I lived in that theater, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. That um, is like a tiny... Tiny, tiny. Oh, and then I was in the tech booth, which is, you know, tiny, tiny, tiny. A box. (laughs) A box, basically. Yeah, so. That was another thing. I vacuumed once because it's carpeted. And they were like, what? I was like, what? You want to keep the equipment clean? Like, it it boggled my mind. I was like, this is not rocket science. This is. It's improv. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty funny. Well, and that kind of ties into, like, the thing that nailed me my full-time job on the Guild was we were shooting. Because I don't know if you know this, but most of the Guild is filmed in Felicia's house. (laughs) On the magic of digital, you film in your house. Yes. All my web series at some point shoot in my own house. So, (laughs) But I, I... 
did the dishes. And Kid Maybe walked over to me and she goes, you're doing the dishes. I was like, yes, we dirty dishes. So I cleaned them. She's like, yeah, but you stopped doing the dishes when we were rolling. I was like, yeah, because you be quiet when we're rolling. And she's just like, can you like be on all the shoots? I was like, yes, I can. Uh, I guess doing the dishes really paid off because I took initiative. Yeah. yeah. And she saw that and she was like, wow, PAs usually just are ordered around. Sure. They They don't normally like anticipate what you want. What you should do as a PA. And like, I was doing craft services, right? So I would yeah. go up to people and I was like, hey, would you like something from the craft services table? Since you're working, I'll bring it to you. And they were like, what? <laughs> like, you're anticipating my needs? And I was like, yes, because that's yeah. what a good crew person does. And I was willing to do any job. Like, I'll do dishes. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I still do that as a producer. I'm like, whatever job needs to get done, hmm. that's what a producer does. Hmm. And people are just blown away by that. They're like, what? And I was like, it's just common decency. I don't understand. Sure. So much of like doing well in film is having a brain mm-hmm. and using it and being kind. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. they people think it's rocket science. Like, why is it so hard to get into? It's like, well, just do your job and do it well. Say you're going to be there, then show up at that time and do your job. Yeah. <laughs> it's really not rocket science. Sure. Yeah. Because um, people are like, how did you get to a producer level so fast? I was like, because I decided I was a producer and I started doing that job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. That's really like, cool. wow, and you have no film background. I was like, well, yeah, I do. It's just all hands-on. Right. I didn't yeah. go to school for it. Ironically, I teach now. <laughs> I, I teach at the New York Film Academy, the LA campus. It's okay. People get confused. Like, two Wait, sec- you, that's like two so you commute? So you commute? I was like, no, no, there's an LA campus, guys. <laughs> yeah. The New York Film Academy has one of the only hands-on transmedia programs oh. in the nation. Uh, USC also does. Yeah. Uh, they, have, they have Henry Jenkins, so we can't really beat that. He's the guy who coined the term, so not going to beat that. But I also just found out that for the last seven years, USC has had an underground alternate reality game that's Whoa. been running that a friend of mine runs. And he was like, hey, because I was looking for a speaker. I was like, does anyone know alternate reality games that come speak my class? He's like, well, I do this thing. And I was like, how did I not know that this thing existed? This is amazing. I hope I'm allowed to talk about it. I think I am. <laughs> so I like, do. I've, I've released secrets. Okay. But it's amazing. I was wow. like, wow, that's so cool. USC's the best. <laughs> New York Film Academy is also the best. <laughs> Everyone. Um, People who employ me. <laughs> well, no, and also I'm like, can I steal that idea and do one at my school? Sure. <laughs> so he's like, I don't own the idea. I was like, ha yes. <laughs> Maybe I shall do this. That sounds good. Um, totally different format than his, but that's the kind of nerdy stuff that I like to do. So yeah, so then uh, Felicia hired me. I, I mean, I pretty much, again, started as a PA, but became more like her assistant because I ended up helping her both on the guild and anything else that she was working on. Like I would help her run lines for auditions. I helped her run lines when she did the, an episode of Dollhouse. Oh, nice. And literally she sat me down and she's like, okay, I'm going to put this script in your lap. You need to not freak out and you can't tell anyone that I showed it to you. And it was Dollhouse. And I was like, oh my God, you're giving me a Dollhouse? Amazing. (laughs) So it was really, really fun. I loved working for her. I worked for her for two years. I worked on seasons two, three, and four of the Guild. Hmm. And then she kind of went, you're too good to be an assistant. You need to, I'm firing you. And you need to go make your own stuff. And I was like, no, but money. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you pay me. And I love it. Um, she didn't like kick me out on the street or yeah, whatever, right. but she was just like, no, go make, cause I mean, she and Kim Evie were going to produce the guild. Yeah, I, there was yeah. not, there, there was no reason to have a third producer on sure. the guild and that totally made sense to me. And I was like, great. So I started 
making my own shows. Started working on VidCon with Hank because yeah. we'd become friends over the years. And I went to the first VidCon actually as press because I was writing for a tube filter at the time. Okay. And I went to my editors and I was like, I'm going to go to this VidCon thing. And they're like, what's VidCon? And I was like, just trust me. I'm going to go. I got a press pass. Sure. Like, you can't was, stop me. What year was it? Uh, it was the first, first year. The first, first, very yeah. first one. So it in like, not the basement, but like. Yeah. It was in the basement of a, I forget the name of the hotel, yeah. but it was right across the street from CAA. Because I remember being like, CAA. Oh, yeah. Hotel. Um, so it was just in Century City. Yeah. Yeah, Century City. And it's so funny. I walked in to pick up my press pass, and the guy checking me in goes, Hi, Jenny. And I was like, Wait, what? Because normally I don't get recognized because I'm a behind the scenes person. I was like, How'd you, what? He's like, Oh, I used to watch your Lonely Girl 15 fan show that you used oh, to make. Wow. And I was like, What? You're like the only one. And he's like, No, I totally follow what you're doing. And oh, I was awesome. like, That's so weird. Um, he was like, go right in. I felt like a superstar. It was amazing. And he and I are still friends because he volunteers every single year at VidCon oh, cool. to this day. He's super, super great. So the moment that I went, holy crap, VidCon's going to change everything in our industry was mm. Shane Dawson walked out on stage. A girl fainted at the sight of him. Wow. I'm like, he's not the Beatles. He's yeah. Shane Dawson. I was like, this is it. This is it. This is going to be the biggest thing ever. So I made a beeline for Hank after that. And I was like, Hank, do you need help? Like, what can I do? Yeah. And he's like, well, I really want to do an industry day. And I know nothing about the industry. I know all the vloggers, which okay. is my, you know, not that he doesn't know the industry. He totally does. Sure. But like, I knew the industry people. Like, that's yeah. the side I worked on. And I was like, great. I will make industry day for you. <laughs> That's awesome. And okay. so started doing that. Yeah. And I'm getting to Lizzie Bennet Diaries. We're very no, close. No. Oh, no. <laughs> I was no. like, regale us. We want to know almost everything. there. No. We're almost there. No, I can see it sort of converging <laughs> It's <here>. coming. <laughs> it's coming. In addition to that, he knew he knew I worked on Lonely Girl. He knew about my, I guess that this is when I have to say what my fan series was because <laughs> it was kind of weird and different. So my Lonely Girl 15 fan series was actually a parody of the show. We know. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know. <laughs> okay, you but tell the listeners. Tell the listeners. Okay, so I, my fan show was called Lonely Jew 15, and it was Anne Frank video vlogging. Lovely. And it's funny, it ties back to UCB, because the whole idea came out of a sketch show we were writing. We were writing a sketch show called The History of the World According to YouTube. This is way ahead of its time. Like, not... I came up with this idea, and they're like, this is brilliant! But at the time, everyone's like, what? YouTube? <laughs> I was like, sure. uh-huh. No, guys, it's gonna be... I should write it now, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we were taking historical events and internet memes and wishing them together. That's awesome. So my first idea, of course, that popped right out of my mouth was, well, if Anne Frank had a camera, she'd video blog. And everyone's like, that's brilliant, do it! And I was like, okay. So I literally took the first episode of Lonely Girl and rewrote it with, like, 40s... Jargon, like the bee's knees, stuff like that. And I was like, all right, great. And they're like, we should shoot this as a video. And I was like, okay. And they're like, you should be Anne Frank. And I was like, okay. Now we're getting, um, I'm not Jewish. I'm not, I studied Anne Frank in college. Like, she's one of my heroes. Uh, Her diary was one of the first books I read when I could read. So I was like, all right, well, but I don't want to be disrespectful. I want to be reverent, but still funny. And I never intended it to go more than one video. And we shot one video. We showed it at UCB because they're 
used to, I don't know if they still have the show, but they used to do something where you could try out new material. Is it not too shabby? Yes, not yep. too shabby. There's so they still do it. All right. And yep. dump in there. Yep. <laughs> and usually people did sketches or comedy bits or stand up. I was like, yeah. and I went up and I was like, can I show a video? And they're like, yeah, I don't see why not. We can mm. play video. Mm. And so we showed it and people friggin' lost their stuff. <laughs> I, I was going to curse there, but I didn't. Um, and they were like, this is great. You should do more or you should put it online. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm in the Lonely Girl fan community. I'm not sure how they'd react. Okay. But I was like, all right, I'll go ahead. Yeah. And I put it up. They loved it. They were like, do more, please. And I was like, I guess I could do more. There's nothing stopping me. So the sketch show went away. No. <laughs> and it ended up, I just did the vlogs. The, the vlogs. Yeah. And I started recruiting friends. I started integrating fans. And it was through that that one of the creators uh, Amanda Goodfried, she actually reached out to me. She goes, I really love what you're doing. Can I be in it? I was like, what do you, you want to be in it? And she's like, yeah, create a character for me. Wow. And I'll come shoot with you guys. And I was like, okay, this is not, she wants to shoot with us. This is an audition. <laughs> and I was like, this is going to be the best shoot I've ever put together. And I like made call sheets. I know oh, didn't no. normally do that. I was like, I made call sheets. I did all the stuff. And then she came and she shot with us and it was great. And then, um, yep, come to behold, she reached out back out. She's like, you did really good. Can we hire you? And I was like, yes. I like money. <laughs> I turn my fan stuff into money. I don't yeah. know how that's this awesome. happens. It's, it's the dream. dream. It's the dream. And that's what a producer does. Makes it into money. So, Hank, we did most of our communication through IMs because he lives in Missoula, Montana, right. and I live in L.A. Yeah. And literally, we were just having one of our IM conversations like we always do, and out of nowhere, he's like, so I had this idea. What do you think of this idea? And I was like, yeah, sure. Pitch it to me. He goes, what if we adapted a novel to YouTube in the vlog style? And I was like, Hank, we got to do it right now. We got to do it. We got to do this before anyone else. This is a brilliant idea. What book are we doing? He goes, The Diary of Anne Frank. And I was like, no. <laughs> I will do any book under the sun, but we can't do The Diary of Anne Frank. He's like, why not? It's such a good idea. You did Diary of Anne Frank. I was like, I didn't adapt Diary of Anne Frank. I did a parody show. It's very clearly a parody. You want to modernize, because he was like, he was like, it should be modern, because yeah. we're going to do it vlog style. And I was okay. like, how? How do you modernize her story? What is the equivalent right now? Sure. Like, how? Just, oh, if you, wow. and I told okay. him, I was like, if you couldn't convince me how, I will do it. But I don't think we can and do it the way that would honor her correctly. And he spent months trying to convince me. Months. <laughs> months and months. He would not let it go. And I was like, okay, dude. And I was pitching him other books. And I don't know why Pride and Prejudice at that time did not come up. Mm-hmm. At that time, it didn't. Right. I don't know why. But it was a good six months before he wow. could let go. And cool. he didn't even fully let it go. He basically... I'll at, table this. <laughs> he taped... Yes, exactly. And part of... Thank you, John. For Part of the reason he changed his mind was because of John. Because John was writing Fault in Our Stars. Mm-hmm. So he was working with the Anne Frank Foundation. Because oh, right. that was a big oh. thing. I was like, it's not public domain, Hank. Right. You have to get permission. And how are you going to... How are you going to pitch this to them? You, you can pitch it to me all day. How are you going to pitch it to them? They're mm-hmm. not going to get it. Yeah. And they're not going to give the approval. And then we're not going to get to do it. Mm-hmm. And your heart is so sad. I'm doing it. <laughs> and so John told him, he's like, yeah, I don't think they're going to go for it. And Hank's like, well, I even have an in to them through my brother and I'm still not going to. So, okay. So then he said, okay, great. So let's do another book as a proof of concept. And then we'll go back to the end. I was like, oh my God. All right. But I got you to move on. Cool. Let's do this. And then we started pitching other books. I was like, let's do Shakespeare, but not like Romeo and Juliet. I wanted to do Titus Andronicus, which is really dark. I was like, let's do dark. And he's like, no, I want to do something light and inspiring. And he's like, 
And we went back and forth and back and forth. And then one day, again, all this is happening through chat. Remind yeah. you. Oh, wow. Okay. And one day he goes, hey, Catherine had an idea, which is his wife. Catherine had an idea. What about Pride and Prejudice? And I was like, boom. It was like a light bulb. Yeah. And during this time, independent of talking to me, he met Bernie Sue at a YouTube event. Okay. And they had a conversation. And this was before. This was still before we had said Pride and Prejudice. Right. Um, but he typed that. I was like, he said it, but he typed it. Yeah. So, and I went, let's both go read Pride and Prejudice, see uh-huh. if it works. I have an instinct it's going to work. I hadn't read the book since high school, so I had to go reread it. Yeah. And we did, and we came back, and he's like, it totally works. And I was like, it absolutely works. Okay, we need to hire a writer. And he's like, oh, well, I've been talking to Bernie Sue. Do you know Bernie Sue? And I was like, oh my God, that's perfect. Yes, I, of course I know Bernie Sue. And that, basically when we made our, I'm making a power triangle with my fingers <laughs> right now. Okay. So once we had that, like, the trifecta. the trifecta of Bernie, Hank, Jenny, it was like, Ping! This is like, the, the triangle exploded. Star is born. Star is born. Everyone's like, great. And then it was just like, go, go, go. We were, ca- all of a sudden we were casting. And I was like, ah. Wow. Um, casting was another big thing. Because yeah. he really wanted, Hank really wanted, well, not, I wouldn't say really wanted. But he was like, why don't we just cast an influencer? Because this is before people were putting influencers in things. Right. Like, this is how, Hank is always like uh, ahead of the curve. <laughs> he was like, well, you know, Justine will do it. Can oh, you imagine wow. how different it I would be? Do. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And she's a, she's a sweetheart. She's a sweetheart. And I had worked with her before on Black Box TV. Mm. Love her. She herself will say that she's not an actress. Sure. And I was like, this girl has to, is the name of the show. The yeah. Lizzie Bennett diary. Like, that role is pivotal to the whole. She's good, like the heart and soul of the story. If you don't cast that just perfectly, the show's dead in the water. Hmm. So I was like, no, Hank. Let me run an audition. And he's like, an audition? Why? <laughs> he's like, we have so many friends. And I was like, no, 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 Hank. I'm going to run an audition. I was like, this is why you hired me. You wanted a producer, a scripted producer. Mm-hmm. We can't run this like a vlog. Hank is super, super smart, which is why he hired a producer. Um, but he, you know, he, what he does is very different from what I do. Yeah. And I was like, you need to let me run this, like, L.A. stuff. Because he hates everything L.A. That's why he's never moved here or thought about moving here. This is why he built his empire around himself. Because he's like, I can be wherever I want to be. I don't need to be in L.A. And I was like, yes, that's... Right, Hank, for you. It's right. not right for everybody. Yeah. This is why we're really good friends, but also why we, there's certain things like we think very differently. Yeah. And um, so as I let, I'm going to run a casting chef session. I will tape everything. I will send you the good ones and I'll let you, I'll let you cast it. I'll let you have the final say, but please let me do this. Mm-hmm. I think I can find you someone you're going to be like super stoked about. And he's like, great. Go ahead. And so Bernie and I ran casting sessions. It's so interesting because I can, I know the moment I knew Mary-Kate, Ashley, Julia, and Laura. I remember the moment where I'm like, it's going to be these four girls. Wow. (laughs) Like, it is these four girls. Mary-Kate was actually, I brought her in because I knew her from Squaresville. And I really admired her work on that. And... Uh, I mean, we auditioned other people, but I pretty much knew. I was like, I think Mary-Kate, we actually considered her for all three roles at one point. Wow. And then it ended up, I was like, no, she read the best for Lydia. 
She's got that energy. Yeah. Once we narrowed in on her, I knew it was going to be the three girls. But there was all this back and forth of, like, at one point, Julia was considered for Lizzie. Okay. Oh, wow. And they were like, but how are we going to make that work with the other girls? Because they're sisters. Oh, she's adopted. Like, that conversation happened. Because we were like, wow, a diverse Lizzie Bennett would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, we always, I always cast with diversity in mind, but it's always about, like, who's best for the role. Mm -hmm. And then once we narrowed in that Mary-Kate was Lydia... We were like, great, so the other two sisters have to go through, like, that has to all mesh together. And then you have um, redheads for all of them. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> which they all are, so yay. I remember getting Ashley's submission. Okay. Because I had put it, we did not say in the, when we put it out there, we didn't say this is an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. Okay. We just wrote it as if these are characters. Mm-hmm. She figured it out. Oh, so she actually left me a note on her submission that was like, oh, I noticed this, this is Pride and Prejudice. I love the book. It's my favorite book. Also, I trained at the Old, Old Globe Theater, which is in San Diego, which oh. I grew up knowing. Nice. So I was like, great. She's got a theater background and she was taking improv classes and she knew she figured out it was Pride and Prejudice. So, so I was like, she's smart. She can improv. And she's got a theater background because with all the lines, I knew that the actress should have a theater background because it was shooting more in the style of theater because of all the words and all the... So I was like, great. And she has a Shakespearean classically trained background. Oh my God. Please let her come in and nail this audition. (laughs) And then she did. And then I was like, yay, please let Hank like her. And he did. He loved her. But like he, you know, Hank... I love him to death. He, he takes some time sometimes to let go of ideas. Because he kept being like, well, are you sure, Justine? It wouldn't be right. I was like, no, we're not. I love Justine. At the end of the day, if he had insisted, I would have made it work. But I was like, please, just I'm going to wait. You go figure it out. Please let it be Ashley. <laughs> Please let it be Ashley. We actually also got in a fight about Darcy. Big Whoa. fight. Uh, and I remember because we were also working on VidCon. I was with the planning committee for VidCon. And he wasn't there for some reason. I forget why. So we were text. This was all happening through text. So it's documented. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, I wonder if I still have the text. But... I don't know how much of this Hank will be like, why did you tell them that? Um, I don't think he listens. Yeah, <laughs> but no, uh, but and, and actually Hank won this battle because I actually at first did not want Daniel. <gasps> there was someone else that I thought had better chem- chemistry with Ashley. Did you say who? Uh, his name was Kevin. I'm trying to remember his last name. I think he's in the like BTS. We showed his audition. Okay. And I forget why Bernie wasn't in this conversation. Like it was just me and Hank. Mm. And I forget how he phrased it. He was something like, unless you can, f- unless you find out that Daniel murders babies, <laughs> I'm not going to give up on him being Darcy. And wow. I was like, well, if you put it that way. And I was like, well, what if Kevin murders baby? <laughs> and I was like, wait, I'm not helping my cause. No. Uh, but yeah, no, he was, but he was totally right. He was totally wow. right. I'm glad he fought me on that because Daniel was perfect. I don't know what I was not seeing at the time. Sure. I don't know what it was. Not that I didn't like it. I was yeah. perfectly fine with it. If, if I really didn't think Daniel was right, I would have fought harder. Sure. But but it was just like, that was the thing that was, he was like, well, unless he murders babies, he's got the part. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I guess he's got it then. As far as I know, he's... And it, yeah, and it was for the best, but I just remember getting that text and being like, I don't even... Okay, I guess we're done, and this is yeah. what we're going to do. And it was totally right, and I admitted that to Hank. I was like, you did good. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
That's great. <laughs> cool. So you were like in the throes of this. So like a lot of the work that you did for Lizzie Bennett Dyers, is that a lot of like casting and physical production? Yeah. Like what was everything you did? Uh, um, I mean, everything. you know you lived on a hot set. <laughs> oh, I lived on a hot set. Yeah, that was part of it. Your Lizzie's room was your room. Netherfield was Netherfield the other wall. was the other room. wall in my room. Because again, that was, that came about because we saw this really cool set with purple walls. Oh, and it was okay. the purple walls that they were like, this is so cool. All right, we'll rent this set because we didn't want to have to shoot in someone's house. Mm. One, it was really expensive. And I was like, oh, because as a producer, you're like, oh, that's so, do, do we not have, we could, we could spend that money paying the crew more. And we found out the date we wanted, they're like, oh, the walls aren't purple anymore. We painted them white. Uh-huh. And they were like, no, but the purple wall, like they were like devastated. And I was like. Well, I could paint a wall in my room purple if you really like the purple. Yeah. Like, we could, well, first it was we can paint any wall. And then it was like, well, I got four walls, so two of them could be purple. We could just turn the camera. And they were like, yeah, let's do that. And I was like, oh, God. And then Katie (laughs) had to come over, and we spent a day painting two of my walls purple. Wow. Which, oddly enough, when we moved out, the new person who moved in loved them, so we didn't even have to paint them back. I was like, great, have the purple walls. And purple's my favorite color, so I was like, like, I'm not really going to fight this. I know, I'm like, not going to fight this, and even though I felt bad it had to be Katie, I was like, I'm getting a free paint job in my room. And of course, Katie's brilliant, so I was like, I know it'll look good, because Katie's going to do it. (laughs) Katie was a production designer. Yeah, production designer, yeah. On all the Pemberley shows, and pretty much everything I ever do. I can't work without Katie. I think I've done one thing without Katie, and I was like, where's Katie? <laughs> I don't like this. It's either Katie or someone Katie hires, because I'm like, I only trust who Katie recommends. That's awesome. So locations, pretty much I handled. Also, the den that we shot in for the last mm-hmm. month. The last portion. That was a house I lived in prior to the one I was living in. I called up an old roommate. Because I knew he had the brick walls that looked really cool. And I was like, hey, can we come shoot in your house? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. And it turns out the room I used to sleep in was empty at the time. He's like, oh, I just had a roommate move out. So, you know, you can have your office be your old room. And I was like, this is very weird. Okay. And he was great. He was just like, I'm leaving. You have the house for the weekend. I was like, oh, okay, bye. Great. So it all worked out really, really well. And then, of course, we had the DECA offices. It was DECA. Now it's Kin Community. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've done casting on all the Pemberley projects. Like, Mm -hmm. even when I had moved on from producing, um, Bernie brought me back to cast Frankenstein because I'm good at it. (laughs) I think if I wasn't a producer, I'd be a casting director. Oh, nice. But casting is a lot of sitting, and I don't like sitting. (laughs) I like doing. So I love casting my own projects, but I think doing it 24-7 would be, I would find it too Mm -hmm. much. Because again, I like the physical production and being on set. I did a lot of paperwork. That's the (laughs) not fun part of producing. Um, I handled uh, negotiations for all the casts. Con- uh, contracts, so okay. I would work with the their managers and agents. They were all SAG, okay. so I worked with SAG to make sure we were all above yeah. board on everything. Yeah, so pretty much anything physical production was what I was in charge of. I think yeah, whenever people watch the show, and even when I watched it just as a fan, it's always like, oh, it's like there's like a whole team behind mm-hmm. it. So it's like yeah. because it looks so effortless, it comes together just like so seamlessly. People don't realize like there was so much paperwork going on, yeah. and all these different stuff going on while working though on Lizzie Bennett Diaries. What knowledge did you? you gain about the digital space well Lizzie Bennett was the first show I did totally union so I learned a lot about negotiating with managers and agents and doing everything through SAG luckily I had friends in SAG New Media okay so I literally just called them and I was like 
I do this. And they're like, oh, we'll walk you through the whole thing. Sadly, they're not there anymore. Oh. So it's like, no! Because it literally, like, there was one time Diane had showed up to a set because she got into the union through Emma approved. I'm jumping okay. shows. No, but yeah, yeah. Diane yeah. Um, and Harriet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Harriet. So she got into the union through doing Emma because awesome. she got enough hours and blah, 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 cool. and she could join. And she had paid her dues and she had joined and then she showed up at a commercial set and they were like, you're not SAG. And she's like, no, seriously, I like, my producer just did all the paperwork. Yeah. And so she called me frantically. I was at Geek and Sundry by then. Oh, and I was yeah. like, Dan, I'm not even working on Emma anymore. And she's like, yeah, but I don't know what to do. They say I'm not SAG. They're going to kick me off the show. I'm going to lose so much money. So I was like, hold on. And I called my buddy at SAG and I was like, I hate to do this, but can you call the set and like confirm that she is set? I, yeah. he's, I'm like, you know, I put everything in. He's like, absolutely. Luckily he made a call and she was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And oh. I was like, you're just lucky. I knew someone there. Like normally this is not how it would go, yeah. but luckily, cause I know everyone in the newbie space. So, yeah. okay. Cool. So that all helped. So yeah. Learning a lot about working with unions, which is very, very important. Cause prior to that, like it was a lot of like steel shots, you run and gun it. But I was like, yeah, if we want this industry to be a real industry, we have to start, we have to start working with the unions. We have to start doing everything by the rules Mm -hmm. because the rules are going to come. Because new media at that time, there was a SAG contract. Mm -hmm. It had no minimums. We didn't have to pay any of our actors. We chose to. Wow. Because we were like, we are going to run this. Again, I was like, Hank, I'm running this like a real set. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny. Besides the VidCon episodes, he w- never saw the physical set. It- he didn't even know it was your Netherfield and no! Lizzie's room was the same place. He found out at VidCon. Yeah. He's like, wait, what? That's yeah. also Jenny's room? I was yeah. like, yup. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. I saved you so much money. <laughs> yeah. No, that was funny. I was like, no one told Hank? I guess no one told Hank. <laughs> So yeah, that was really funny. I remember that VidCon where we revealed Netherfield and we revealed the actors. Yeah. Because I remember I opened the door to let Chris come in. The look on his face, I will never forget. Really? He looked so nervous. He looked like he was getting... Sorry, Chris. He was so (laughs) nervous. But then the second, his face just changed. He had like a moment of like terror and then it's just like, no, I'm pro. I'm pro. And then he's like, fine. And I was like, just... I caught him at that like perfect (laughs) moment where he's like, oh my God, what have I done? (laughs) Ah, no. I'm... So, and right. he's wonderful, and yeah. I love all his success that he's been yeah. having. Couldn't happen to a nicer person. Mm-hmm. Anytime I see one of our casts do something amazing, they all do amazing things. I'm yeah. just like so proud, like a proud mama. <laughs> yeah. I was at that VidCon, but I didn't get there in time to get in the room. And the doors were closing, and I heard the cheers start, and it was just like my heart breaking. Oh my god! Because <laughs> I, like, no. I was working, I was yeah. working, and I people started getting on the walkie, and they're like, "What do we do? What do we do?" I was yeah. like, "Um, what's going on?" They're like, "The Elizabeth room, it's already full, and there's like a line down. What do we do? What do we do?" I was like, "Wait, what?" The Lizzie Benatire's room is full because we didn't know. We had no idea. It was so overwhelming. They added, the girls weren't even supposed to sign. Okay. We we didn't plan that. It was so popular that they're like, well, I guess we're going to add a. It helps when your boss is like (laughs) the boss. So he's like, yeah, we'll add a. Well, at a signing, because it's, apparently it's one yeah. of the most popular things here. We had no idea. I don't know if we were just humble about it, or... <laughs> sure. I mean, um, yeah. We could have put us, our, ourselves in a bigger room. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, we were... We weren't sure. 
I was mean, pretty crazy. And now at VidCon, I feel like there's less and less of a scripted presence. You know. What do you think about that? Because it seems like it's always more influencers and vloggers and that sort of thing. I mean, like anything, VidCon is a business. Sure. And so it grew in the direction of the money. Mm-hmm. And the money is in the influencers. Okay. While Lizzie Bennett was wildly popular and did well in terms of online content, we weren't making the views of influencers. We weren't making the money of influencers. I mean, we had a giant team of people to pay. Yeah. And yeah. vloggers are like, I pay me. And maybe an editor now. <laughs> sure. And and a lot of them have producers now, too. Yeah. Um, because another thing I did, I was I was uh, Philip DeFranco's producer oh, for cool. a while. And that was really eye-opening. Yeah. Um, because I ended up with Phil because I was pr- producing Black Box TV okay. with Tony Valenzuela. And Tony Valenzuela, and, and Phil was in the first episode and was kind of like an executive producer on it. Mm-hmm. So we had a really interesting working relationship where when Phil got into doing Black Box, he had no scripted content background. Mm-hmm. And me, I had no influencer background besides mm-hmm. knowing them all. Sure. And Phil was like, I think it'd be really great to have you as my producer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "You do you need a producer? Mm-hmm. Are you like a one-man band? He's like, no, I think it's smart that influencers have... He was... He kind of... He got it. Started yeah. that idea yeah. of like, no, we produce content too. We should have producers. Mm-hmm. I almost was making Camarena's producer. Awesome. Um, I forget. So stuff happened in sure. life and it didn't work out, but that's how she ended up on Peter and Wendy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Because she actually came up to me at another event and she's like, I'm such a huge fan of the show wow. and I love what you do and I feel like I should have a producer. And I was like, great, let's talk. And yeah. then through talking, I was like, well, we're starting another season of Peter and Wendy. Like, do you want to be on it? She was like, and she was like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it helped us, helped her and it was really good. And because I'm not against putting influencers in content, I sometimes scoff at it. Sure. I don't like it when they force influencers into content because they're just like, oh, put PewDiePie in it and it'll be a success. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, Scare PewDiePie got canceled. And it's not that I love influencers. I think they're so talented and Mm -hmm. some of them are very good actors. If they can act, absolutely. And if they, I mean, Megan auditioned for her role. In Peter awesome. and Wendy. Okay. We saw other people for the role. Yeah. And we liked her. We liked her look. And yeah, sure, she has some... It's a bonus to me. Mm-hmm. I hear all these stories about like, oh, you can't even get into a room unless you have 100 million followers. And I was like, okay, but that doesn't equal talent. Yeah. Especially in scripted content. I'm all for auditioning them. And if they're the best for the role, then they get it. And them having that social presence is one tool in their mm-hmm. toolbox, but it can't be, like, the tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't have just a monkey wrench. I need uh, all the other pieces, too. Sure. Like, a toolbox has tools, all tools in them, not a single one. And, and that's why I think YouTube Red is now reconsidering their model. Right. Because now, unfortunately, they've gone from the model of influencers to celebrities, which to me is the same model. Sure. But just different. Bigger audience, bigger, I guess. I guess or... Different. Different audience. I think they realized with the influencers, like, oh, shoot, we're putting people in our stuff that we already have that audience. Mm -hmm. And so people don't want this content because they can get these influencers for free on our other platforms. So we're like, great, let's take this model, but with a different audience. (laughs) Celebrities. So to me, it's, it's the same model, different tool. 
They, they switched from a monkey wrench to a uh, straight razor. I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't know tools. I, I know. know. I was like, why am I doing this analogy? This is almost, it would be worse if I was trying to do a sports analogy. Like, yeah. They're trying to go from a basketball to a baseball. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like, I feel okay. like they okay. need to take a bigger risk. Yeah. Take a bigger model. Yeah. Like, a new model. Like, completely scrap it. Mm-hmm. And my model is good ideas executed really well. That was what Lizzie Bennet Diaries was. Because mm-hmm. when I first started this story, it was, Hey, Jenny, can we take a novel and adapt it to YouTube? That's all I had to hear. And I was like, this is brilliant. This will be successful if we execute it correctly. That is why we took so much time to pick yeah. the book. Because the book was going to be the key. We got to pick the right book. That's prime for adapting to a modern audience. And then it was, we have to cast a Lizzie Bennett that's perfect. Like, we had to execute the idea well. But it was the idea that started it all. And that, to me, is what content is. Content that works is a flawless idea executed to perfection. So deep. Yeah. <laughs> so deep. Yeah. But yeah, because people always ask me, like, how do you, how are you always on such good stuff? And I was like, because sure. I recognized it was good. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Don't put yourself on bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I mean, Don't make of, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie Bennett kind of just sparked this whole blog adaptations like, Which kind is of genre. wild YouTube. to mm-hmm. me. So many people start them now. I mean, what advice would you give to someone who is wanting to start a series like that? Do it. Okay. <laughs> Do it. I mean, yeah. that's literally, and I have had people that are like, I really love this book. Yeah. I was like, do it. Hmm. Shia LaBeouf's advice. Just, just do, do it! <laughs> but cool. you'll be surprised how many great ideas don't come to fruition because of the fear of doing it. Because, and I have doubts too. I'm like, oh my God, what if we choose the wrong book? What if we, did it? you know, at some point you have to let all that go and take the first steps. Hank could have typed that and I could have said, that's stupid. <laughs> None of this would have happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a broken Dumb spirit. <laughs> or I could have said, I don't have time for that, Hank. Sure. Or, you know, there's a million ways it, there's a million ways it could have not happened. Yeah. There was one way that it did. Yeah. Like Thomas Edison's light bulb. <laughs> exactly. Or Tesla, because yeah. Tesla oh, came first. True. Sorry. That's true. That's true. I was There's just, a movie coming out. I was, well, I was going to say, I just really was thinking of National Treasure the other day, and that's what he uses. So I was really, like, ripping off National Treasure instead of actual history. <laughs> that's another thing. Yeah, funny that you say that. So many people are so afraid of saying, this was inspired by blank. Hmm. I teach screenwriters, right? Mm-hmm. They're always trying to reinvent the wheel. They're like, oh, no one's come up with this idea or concept ever. And I was like, no, it's not about that. Everybody steals from everyone. Sorry. Like, original ideas are very, very hard. It's really weird that I can say we did the first book web adaptation. Yeah. Mm. Super weird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't a new story. No. And everything else was not original at all. We weren't even doing our own idea. Thank you, Jane Austen. (laughs) We didn't even know when we started it that during our run was the 200-year anniversary of the book. Oh, nice. And all of a sudden, like, we got all this press, and we're like, why are we getting all this press? Oh. (laughs) What the Jane Austen nerd community is, like, pitching in. Well, because everybody thought we did it on purpose. I was like, nope. That was a happy accident. There were so, and we had so many of them on this shoot, which is part of the magic, too, Mm -hmm. of this kind of creating. Things you didn't intend. Sure. It's not like Hank said to me, let's do a book adaptation. I went, we're going to revolutionize the web. <laughs> that wasn't what I was thinking when we started. I was like, that's a great idea. Yeah. We should do it. 
So that would be my advice. Yay. Thanks. <laughs> no, I learned so much. I know. I feel so like... educational. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like Thank you so much for having just, me. Like, you need another hour to process everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, knowledge. <laughs> I can come back for a two-parter if you need. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That wraps it up for this episode. Check out our social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pemberley. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Pemberley. And if you'd like to talk to us directly or have any questions, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. And to support the podcast, donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash The Pemberley. Or leave us a review on iTunes. That helps other people to find this podcast. You can find links to all of these pages on our WordPress page, thepemberleypodcast.wordpress.com, where we also include links to anything we mentioned on the show. Thanks again for listening. Bye! Bye.